Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Well, welcome church. Hope you're doing well. It's so good that you're joining us again at Global Church Online. My name's Andy and I'm the leader here at the, the church plants that we have in York. And it's, it's, it's a privilege to be able to kind of bring the message and carry on from last week. The last week we were talking about drifting, the danger of drift. And I want to kind of uh, recap a little bit about that, but, but follow on from some of the key messages. If you don't know much about me, I'm married, been married for just over 12 years to my wife, Anna. We've got four kids, um, four, that's right, crazy. And, uh, you know, we've got Caleb, he's eight. We've got Mike, who's just turned six, and Eli, who is four, and our little girl, Rosie, who is just eight months. So, you know, we, we, uh, we've got a full life. We've got a number of businesses that we operate from nurseries to holiday let properties. And, uh, but, but running the church is, is something that we are so passionate about and being able to share God's word because it's, it's powerful. So let me just jump right in. I want to just recap a little bit from last week. If those of you might have missed it, um, honestly, the best bet is to just watch the talk again. But let me just go over some of it just to get us up to speed. You know, we, there's this thing, this drifting that happens to each and every one of us. You know, throughout life, you know, we can find ourselves drifting. And, and I said it's, it's dangerous because it's not that we're intentionally moving in a certain direction. It's that we're just finding ourselves drifting. I use the picture of the, 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 or the analogy of the longshore drift. You can stand at the seaside and the waves just look like they come in and out. But actually, there's a drift that goes on and, and there's a, a slight angle that the waves retreat from the coast or the shoreline, which we can't see with the eye. But when we're in the waters, we find ourselves often drifting, maybe to the left, to the right. And if we're not careful, we can drift close to danger or we can drift away from where we're meant to be, away from our purpose, away from God's plan for our life. And this happens to anyone. I don't think there's anyone that is, uh, can, can completely escape or avoid this, this drifting that goes on in life because we get caught up with things. We, we get busy so often. And in that busyness, certain things drift. Sometimes it's our marriage. Sometimes it's our finances. Sometimes it's, it's making church that 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 priority, putting God first in our life, it's so easy for things to drift. And so really, you know, I guess my question right on the offset is, do you live your life by design or by default? You know, because so often in life, we, we, we default to what's happening. We, we, we haven't really taken control or taken the reins of life. And in global, we are all about taking control of our lives. You know, we have values which we, we, we live our lives by. We, it kind of guides us as we're going through things. And one of them is that we love life. And within that, we have a value of leading. Are you, we're not there to just kind of, to, to, to just be subservient to what's going on, but we, we take the bull by the horns and we lead in life, not just in church, but we, we believe that we are called to lead. You know, God didn't just create doormats to be walked on, but he, he wanted to have a people that were going to lead in the Genesis mandate. Right at the beginning of the Bible, it talks about how God's first command to Adam and Eve is to take dominion, you know, to take control, multiply and, 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 and produce and to really take hold of, of, of the creation that God has given to, to man and woman. So it's an amazing concept. But for so many of us, we, we live our lives by default. We slip into things. We often think, well, this is just the, the card that I've been dealt in life. You know, this is just my, my lot in life. 
you know, whether that's when it comes to our intelligence, whether it comes to our looks, whether it comes to our, the opportunities that we've maybe had thus far in life, we often just have a bit of a fatalistic, this is the way it is. And oh, I wish it could be, I wish I could, you know, imagine what it's like to be that celebrity or that, that, that superstar or that, that athlete or whatever that thing that we look up to. But for us, we often reside ourselves to, this is just the way it is. And I want to challenge that thought right at the start to say, no, we can design our life. We don't just have to live by default. You know, we have to go to the default settings. We can actually start to make changes. God has given you the power to design your life. And it's great when we create that design on the foundation of God's word. That's what church is so good for, is that we get to know God's word, God's ways, God's principles. And as we build our life, as we design our life based on that foundation, Honestly, we get to live an abundant life, a life that surpasses your wildest dreams. You might be thinking, gosh, church, you know, a, a life that's beyond your wildest dreams. I am absolutely deadly serious. Too many times we've had a bit of a negative PR from churches. You know, it's all about the list of do's and don'ts and probably more focus on the don'ts. Don't do this. You can't do this. And actually, Jesus came to give life, life in all its fullness, abundance, a life that is beyond your wildest imagination. And I'm here to say, that's what the Bible says. It might not be what you've experienced so far when you've come across Christians or different churches, but that is what God's word says. And that's what we live our life by. We're Bible-based, we talk about in Global. We're not just based on some philosophy or some fad or the latest fashion. No, we're based on the timeless word of God. So do we live our life? Do you live your life by default or by design? And because it's when we drift, we can lose sight of our purpose. We can lose sight of the design that God has for your life. It's so easy. And, and I guess I just want to drop in. I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but essentially, you know, we are spiritual beings first and foremost. You know, our life as God created us, he didn't just create the physical, he created the spiritual. You know, we were formed and created wonderfully in our mother's wombs. And, and, and there's something so much more uh, profound than just the physical bodies that we, we occupy while we're here on earth. There is a spirit within each and every one of us. And that's what separates us from the animal kingdom and all the other plants and beasts on the world. But actually, we are spirit first and foremost. And so there's this whole spiritual domain or dimension of our life that so many people, especially in the Western world, just miss. It passes us by throughout our life. We, we, we just think we've got the physical, you know, to create as much money or to have as much fame or popularity, uh, you know, that we can get in the life or whatever is your passion, whatever is your desire in life. And that's, that's kind of the sum total. And it breaks my heart to see so many people missing out on what is really the fundamental purpose of why we were created. We weren't just created to amass wealth and then die, passed on to another generation. No, we were created for a purpose. We were created to be a part of God's mission here on earth. And we'll talk about that later on in the message. And so it's important that we, we don't miss out on the spiritual plan and purpose that God has got for each and every one of us. He has got a plan for everyone on the planet. I believe that because we are made in God's image. You know, we're not accidents, we're not mistakes. And so it's good for us to be reminded of these truths. So maybe over the last 18 months, things have slipped. Things have drifted because of the pandemic. And that has been one of the effects of having to do so many things online, not in person. And, and honestly, even now, it's great that we've got this medium to be able to communicate, but there's so much more when you can get to a church where you can be and experience the community of people around you. 
And so, you, you know, but the drifting doesn't just have to be a negative. It can serve a purpose. It can serve a purpose to get us back on track. And right now I'm here to say, don't, you know, God can turn around the drift and use it for good to help you, to help me get back on the track, get back on the horse and to go again, to believe again, to seek and to search out God's word for his plan and purpose for your life, to understand God's promises and principles that are in his word that we can build our life on. It's amazing. It's awesome. So I just want to quickly uh, go over some of the keys that I shared last week about the, stopping the drift. And the first key was become aware that you've drifted. Don't beat around the bush, but do not beat yourself up, okay? Be honest, get to the facts. Don't just talk about the story and just replay it and give yourself the excuses of why, you know, this is why I've drifted. It's true, I don't wanna say it's not true, but get to the facts, admit it, own it, but do not go too far and condemn yourself. Condemnation is not from God, it's from the enemy. And so, and we often fall into that trap of doing the enemy's work for him, beating ourselves up, whipping ourselves up. That does not serve our purpose but to actually get back up, stand up and think, I'm gonna go again, that's powerful. You know, we're not, we're not perfect. You know, we're still dealing with our sinful nature and yet God, it gives us grace to get back up again. It's amazing. That was the first key, become aware that you've drifted. My second key was tell others that you've drifted. <laughs> it's not easy, it's easy for me to say that, but to tell your spouse, your partner, a great friend, ideally someone in the church that would understand, you know, why you're sharing some of these things with them you know, that, that brings a bit of accountability, but, but more importantly than that, it brings things into the light. It, it, it can bring healing to, to the situation where you've drifted from, you know, the damage that's maybe come off the back of it. And so it's great, it's powerful, sorry, when we start to tell others where we've drifted in life. You know, we, we start to experience the freedom thinking, oh, it's not so bad. I remember so many times I've been fearful to tell often my wife certain things that maybe I've slipped up where I've drifted, drifted a bit far from where I should be. And actually all the fear, all the worry, it, it bubbles on the surface. Don't think that any, any Christian's a, a superman or superwoman. You know, we all experience that fear and that anxiety of telling someone else. Why? Because we're all proud. We all have pride on the inside and we don't want to tell people that we're weak or that we've messed up or we've made a mistake. But honestly, when you've got someone, when you've got people around you that have you can trust, you can build with. It's healthy to tell those people. It doesn't have to be everyone, but tell someone. Start with someone because you experience God's healing power on the inside. So that was my, my, my second key. My third key was just focus on God. Focus on God. The key scripture was Hebrews 2 verse 1. Therefore, we must play, pay, sorry, we, we must pay close attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. You know, pay close attention to the word of God. Pay close attention to this message. I recommend if you're new or if you've, even if you've been with us for a while and you've listened to this message, make some notes. I'm always taking notes and not because it's necessarily brand new to me. Often I'm hearing the same thing or similar things again and again, but it helps as I write it down, type it in my notes or type it on my, my phone. It, it ingrains it on the inside. It starts to, to, you know, there's a reason back in the olden days, people had to write out lines, you know, cause you start that repetition, it starts to ingrain certain truths in your thinking. Even as we, we do worship every week at church, as you repeat the chorus again and again and again, it starts to help build that truth on the inside. It can seem old fashioned, but it's timeless. And there's so many things which we need to hear a good few times. And if you write some of these things down, I promise it will start to become truth on the inside. 
So focusing on God, because the point here is that things, life does not stand still. You know, life is not like a lake, it's like a river. It's always moving. And, and at the moment that we take our eyes off Jesus, we, we feel that we're just, you know, we've made it in life maybe, or we, we don't need to keep pressing forward. Actually, we start drifting backwards. We start to slip downstream. And so, you know, it's being aware of that, that, that we want to keep our eyes focused on God. God's people, the Israelites, as soon as they drifted from God's word, from following God, from putting him first, from, from the laws and things that, they, that were in place back in the Old Testament, things started to go wrong. It's the most dangerous thing is not, you know, the, 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 the health that, or the, even COVID that we can capture. It, the most dangerous thing is when we drift away from the word of God, when we drift away from God's truth. I can say that because God's truth can bring healing, physical healing. Right now, God heals people. He does the miraculous, whether it's COVID, whether it's cancer, it doesn't matter, or the common cold. God heals, God can heal. That's why I'm saying God's word is more important than the fear or the pandemic or the, the diseases that are out there. Because again, we're spiritual beings. And actually, we need, to, we need salvation, not just from our physical bodies and the illness that can attack us, but from the, the, the illness and the disease of sin that attacks and, 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 and kills the spirit. You know, that is, w w there is an eternity beyond the, the lifespan that we have here on earth. And uh, I, this isn't part of what I plan to preach, but it's good for us to be aware that it isn't just about the physical. There is so much more. And, and tucking into the spiritual is, is one of the things I'd, I'd highly recommend. I would, I would absolutely, uh, you know, say, tuck into it, look into it, explore it. Write some of these things down. Challenge it in your mind if you need to. Talk to other people about it. Discuss it. It's why we have connects in church. So we can start to really get to grips with the word of God. So that third key, focus on God. And my fourth key last week was refresh yourself in the Lord. Refresh yourself in the Lord. You know, that refreshing, I could spend a lot of time talking about it, but really it's about spending time with God. You know, are you listening to God? You know, who are you listening to right now? What are the voices? Is it the media? Is it your best friends at the pub or in the bar? Is it the people, your college mates who, who are, you know, doing all sorts of different things? You know, who are you listening to? And are you listening to God? Are you interested in, in what God wants to say to you? Are you interested in what God's got planned for you? Because as if we're interested, then, then we're going to start listening. If we're not interested, chances are you'll, you'll, you'll drift, you'll zone out, even today as you listen to this. And I want to help increase our appetite and our passion and our interest in God's word. You know, God's word is powerful. And I would be doing a disservice if I couldn't convey some of that power, some of the the, the miraculous and the dynamic relationship that we can experience with Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside and God's word that we have as a reference for, our, for the rest of our days. You know, there's so much that, that we can miss out on if, if, if I don't do my job correctly. So I hope you're picking up. God's word's powerful. Um, and, and, and I want to help kind of feed that interest, put a bit of salt on your chips so it gets a little bit more tasty and you want to keep eating. <laughs> so... How, how can we keep you? Just let me drop, drop this scripture in. John chapter one, verse four. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. This is why I'm passionate about God's word because it brings life. And, and, and when we get the source of life, God's word, we start to build it onto the inside, activate it within us. And we start to live our life based on God's word. 
things happen. Life takes on a whole other dimension. We start going from black and white to technicolor, or we go from standard definition to ultra high definition. You know, whatever it is, we, we experience the fullness of life. And until you start to put your life or, or build your life on God's word, I'm telling you now, you don't know what it's like. I, 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 our life is phenomenal. And I don't want to shy away from that because it is exciting. It's, there's, there's, there's twists and turns. It definitely goes from safe to scary a lot of the time. But like any good roller coaster, it'd be a bit boring if it was tame. You know, there's a, a, th a few loop-the-loops that we go through in life. But it's brilliant because God is with us. God is within us. And he is, he's doing something powerful on the inside and powerfully on the outside. He's fulfilling the desires of our hearts because he put those desires there in the first place. Um, so there's so much I could say, but how, how can we, how do you keep interested? How do you keep refreshing yourself in the Lord? You know, recognize if you're simply going through the motions. For some of you that are Christians, are believers, and, and you know, a lot of this might be old hat, some of these scriptures that I'm saying, you might think, yeah, 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 I've heard that, that's good. But you're just going through the motions. The power of the word isn't maybe going off on the inside. Are you going through the motions? For me, it's an indicator that you've, you're not refreshed in God's word. You're not refreshed on the inside. Your spirit is a bit dry. And so when you hear things, it's like familiarity breeds contempt. The power of the word is no longer exciting you. It doesn't have that same bam that it used to have maybe when you first believed, when you first became a Christian. You know, are you doing things without believing? You've drifted. When we start acting and going through motions, but we don't believe, when we've, we've, we've kind of separated faith and we just know this is just the way it goes, you know, we've started to drift. We want to make sure that it's both faith and deeds, not just one without the other. Not that we're just praying and hoping that God's going to turn up and not that we're just doing and forgetting that God's there and, and exists and is, is right there at the foundation of all things. You know, if there was a time, can you remember a time that you were closer to Jesus than you are today? If you can, you've drifted. It's, it's not, it, don't, don't see that as a criticism. See it as an awareness piece. I'm, I'm not trying to pull you down. I know there are times where I've been much, I've, I've had, in areas of my life, I've been more on fire for God. I've been more on fire for his word. And that, that awareness, like I've drifted. I'm not where I was. And I want to get back there and some more. And I want to encourage you to do the same as you're listening today. You know, it's getting those facts clear because if we can address the facts, we can make progress. It's a bit like in business. We do need to know how we're doing financially. We can't just carry on without considering the facts, some of the numbers, because if we don't, we become bankrupt. We go bust. And in the same way, we've got to be considerate. If we're, if we're just living our life by default and not by design, we can find ourselves going into bankruptcy, not necessarily financially, but spiritually. So am I, 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 am I experiencing God's best for my life? Do you believe that God's best is better than your best? Do you believe that God's got a better plan, a better purpose, a more fulfilling future than you could ever imagine? Because that's what the word says. You know, can you humble yourself before God? Because to be able to receive God's truth, we've got to allow God's truth, God's word to have a higher position than our thoughts or our feelings. So often we live our life out of, of how we feel and, and, and what we think. And we honestly, but whether we, we realize it or not, or consciously, we've put our thoughts above God's thoughts. 
It's a bit like if I start bringing God's truth, not just Andy's thoughts, but God's truth, God's word, God's scripture, and you're battling it on the inside. It's a bit like you've, you've, there's pride there. You've just put your thoughts above God's word. And so there's a process, there's a, there's a way that we can, we need to humble ourselves before God. Can you humble yourself before others? Like early when I'm saying it, can you share some of the places where you've drifted with people around you? That brings in humility. You know, do you see humility as a weakness or a strength? You're in this world, I'd say a lot of the culture, certainly in Britain, is that it can be, humility can be seen as a weakness when actually it's probably one of the greatest strengths that we have in, our, in, in the character traits that, that we have as, as human beings. When we can humble ourselves, I know in business that one of the best things is being able to humble myself and, and seek advice from others rather than thinking I've got it all together. That I can go and seek out other counsellors, people who are further on, but pride would hold me or, or lock me in from doing that. Humility says, no, I, I'm, I'm ready to receive. I'm ready to accept advice from others. In Proverbs, it says, you know, that many counsellors helps us to make great decisions. The right counsellors, the right people that can give you wisdom for life. So humility is one of those essential ingredients for us to be able to experience God's best. 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 5 and 6 says, In the same way, the younger ones should willingly support the leadership of the elders. In every relationship, you must wrap around yourself the apron of a humble servant. Because God resists you when you are proud, but multiplies grace and favor when you are humble. He resists the proud, but he multiplies grace and favor when you are humble. And if you bow low in God's awesome presence, not in fear, but in reverence and respect, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Exalt is like promotion. It's being elevated, lifted up. So often in life, we think we have to elevate and lift ourselves up. You know, we have to climb that slippery slope to get what we want in life. And yet actually when we humble ourselves before God, he will exalt us, he will promote us at the right time. But I just wanna highlight that when we are humble, God multiplies, doesn't add, he multiplies grace and favor. You know, I'm tired of my own strength trying to get through life so often. I want God's favor, God's mighty hand over my life that lifts me up rather than having to go up a hundred flights of stairs to get to the top of the, the staircase or the, 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 uh, the big building, I've forgotten the word, yeah, the skyscraper. I wanna get in the elevator and press the button. That's what God's favor is. It's where we press a button and we are elevated up. It's not hard, it's not sweating, it's, not, it's, uh, it's, it's sweatless work. And so in the same way, I wanna experience God's supernatural. And that's the power of God's word because we start to realize that humility is a key. Not my own might, not my own strength, not my own intelligence, not my own ability to hustle. It's like, no, God delivers promotion in the right timing to those who are humble, that are bowed low in his presence. I can tell you today that in my life, certainly in my business life, God has promoted, he has opened up doors that I could never have opened. It's a miracle. You, you don't, many of you won't know me that well, but I wanna say God has done so many miracles in opening up our life in ways that I could never have imagined. That's God's favor. That's God's grace. That, that's the power. It's more powerful than me being intelligent, reading a hundred books or whatever it takes. You know, It's God's favor on our life. It's infinitely more powerful. It's the supernatural over the natural.
I want to also read James chapter 4, um, verses 6 onwards. It's from the message translation this part. It's, it's you're cheating on God if all you want is your own way. Flirting with the world every chance you get, you end up enemies of God and his way. And do you suppose God doesn't care? The proverb, the proverb has it that he's a fiercely jealous lover. And what he gives in love is far better than anything else you'll find. It's common knowledge that God goes against the willful proud, but God gives grace to the willing humble. So let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him make himself scarce. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit the bottom. Cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious. Really serious. Get down on your knees if you have to before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. There's a lot of pictorial kind of uh, language there. But for me, it, it has so much that I hope you can, you, can, you can see. You know, you're not just hearing a scripture that maybe you've heard before in a, in a stuffy church building, but you're seeing something fresh. You know, we can easily fall into the trap of cheating on God, you know, trying to get my own way. That's a drift where we've drifted away from it being, I want to I wanna pursue God and, and I want to make sure I'm living God's way, that I'm seeing God's kingdom come in my life and in the life of others. But actually drifting to, no, I just want it my way. And when we flirt with the world, every chance you get, you end up as enemies of God and his way. <laughs> I remember as a kid, flirting was one of those things I just thought was what you did when you're a young lad. And to be fair, probably a lot of lads do this. But for me, it was, it was a game. It was an art. But I realized it doesn't work long term. You can't build a relationship as a flirt. <laughs> one of the best things I remember when I first met my wife, Anna, stunningly beautiful if you don't know her. And uh, she, I remember for someone who was so beautiful, my experience of women up until that, not those many, but I thought that, you know, if, if you're attractive generally, they're a bit flirtatious. Why? Because people are looking at them. They get the attention of so many around them. But I remember my wife, Anna, just not having that same desire. She could be stood in a crowd with other men around her, not because she was trying to attract or draw them to her. They just, you know, like uh, bees to honey, you know, they were coming. But she, she had a single focus on building a great relationship with me. It meant the world while we were dating. And uh, there's so much I could go into there. But I just want to say it's so easy to drift into flirting with the world, flirting with what's on offer. Because you know what? It's, it, it can seem um, charming. You know, it, it says sin is deceptive, it's fleeting, but there isn't a law to it. There's something that is, it looks uh, tasty, you know, and we want to we wanna play with it, flirt with it. And, and often we want to do both things. We want to kind of have, have the best of living God's word, God's way, but sometimes we slip into flirting with the world. And I want to say we're cheating on God when we do that. We're cheating on God. We're not experiencing the best. I'm not saying this is like a tell you off. I'm saying we're missing out. Um, I'm coming to the end and, and I, I really hope you can tune in for next week because I want to talk about how good it is, God's plan and purpose for our life. And actually, when we start to realize, let's stop messing about, let's stop playing with flirting, let's get into a proper love relationship. And I mean love of God's word, God's ways, God's principles, God's promises. And when we start to marry ourselves with Jesus Christ, I know it's not a normal concept, you know, certainly if you're a man, 
Maybe a better way of saying, if you can align yourself, your allegiance to Jesus Christ, that you will follow him as the King of Kings, see yourself as a son of the King, then you, you can experience so much more. Because um, as I've said, I'm tired. I'm tired of me trying to work things out. And I'm sure there'll be times in your life, if you've not had it already, where you felt tired. I can do it. This is, just seems hard work. And I say, you know what? Without God, it really is hard work. With God, there's a power, there's a strength, there's an energy that he gives to us through his Holy Spirit that helps us to live and to keep going, to get back up again when we get knocked down. And so next week, we're going to be looking at a real important parable where, you know, Jesus shared with his disciples. And, and I, I really want to kind of go through that next week and talk about the three dangers of drifts that can happen. But more importantly, you know, the blessing of not drifting. You know, what it happens when we stay focused on God, when we refresh ourselves in the Lord. And so tune in next week. I just want to spend a moment just while we're here to just uh, pray for us. And, and really prayer, if you don't know, is just communicating to God Almighty. You can do it. You don't have to be a believer to pray. In fact, I'd encourage you, if you're not, why don't you ask God for something? Pray to him, communicate, converse, talk to him sometime this week. And, and that's how we start a relationship, through conversation, through prayer. So you just want to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. I want to pray for us and give people that, again, maybe you've heard this message and something's resonating. This is, I want to create an opportunity for you to give your life to Jesus Christ today, right now. Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for your power. I want to thank you that your word is life. It is not death. Lord, that your son, Jesus Christ, came to give life and life in all its fullness. Lord, I ask that everyone tune in today will start to look, to refocus more onto you, more into your kingdom, more into your word, and that we will keep ourselves refreshed. I ask that if people are out there right now and they're wanting to change, that they are tired of living life in their own strength. Lord, I want to pray for each and every one of them. And if I want to ask that if this is you today, that you pray this prayer in your heart, that God, I want to repent. I want to turn around from me living my life my way. I want to submit. I want to humble myself before you. I want to say, I want to make you, Jesus Christ, the king of my life, that I will become a subject to the king where I will follow and I will be uh, not just a servant, but a son within the kingdom. If that's you today, I want to I pray. I ask that you pray this prayer in your heart and that you, once you've prayed it in your heart, you communicate. You maybe drop us an email, the information will be at the bottom of the screen, or you get in contact one way or another, or you find a church in your local area. But if you've said that prayer, that you want to change and move from being the king of your own life, but actually making God the king of your life, your Lord and Savior, and that you want to receive him, receive his forgiveness, receive his peace, his grace, his truth, then I, I pray that right now you'll experience the power of the Holy Spirit wherever you are and receive God's power. For the rest of us, I want to pray that your power become ever-present this week, that as we start to think on your word, as we start to think on some of the messages, some of the things that have hit us during this message, that we will experience your power. We'll experience the prosperity of living our life based on your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for tuning in. Tune in next week. We've got a great message. I can't wait to share more with you. Take care. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 